we put him in the ground and um and at the when we put him in the ground my brother-in-law who's got an amazing speech talent he was like does anyone want to say any words of comfort to Ray's family and no one really said anything and I was like oh can we talk Mm. and so Ray and I shared our faith and how God saved our marriage and saved us and saved my husband from drinking and all this stuff and saved me from you know tormenting my mind and 11 people gave their lives to God at the burial service yeah and some my in-laws were like these are people we've been talking to for years so that was really powerful Welcome to the Ask About My Faith podcast, where our hope is to inspire everyday faith conversations. I'm Jess. And I'm Abby. Welcome back to part two with Anna Kokish. Anna and her husband have five kids, and she's a fourth-year medical student, as well as an entrepreneur who runs their family-owned Spanish Emergent Child Care Centers. Have you ever watched a YouTube channel or listened to a podcast where you were so impacted that you started practicing what you heard preached? Jess and I felt that with Anna and Anna experienced that after learning about healing in Jesus's name on YouTube. She watched a few more videos and then turned around and prayed for an employee the same day. Shortly after that, she asked to pray for somebody and was turned down. But that didn't stop her. You're going to love what happens next. Let's dive right back in with Anna. Anna, healing is something that's been, I don't know, but is it accurate to say it's kind of a passion of yours or it's, it's on your heart to, to help heal people? Definitely, definitely, definitely my, one of my passions. And actually when I, when I hadn't gone to medical school yet and I started watching like Todd White YouTube healing on the Mm -hmm. streets and kind of learning how, how, how to pray with people. I asked God, like, well, I don't understand why I have to go to medical school then because we could just pray, you know? And he said to me so clearly, the sick go to the doctor. Oh, right. Yeah. So like, you're going to be able to pray with them at the hospital. You know, the sick don't go to the church. Maybe sometimes they do, but they go to the doctor, Mm. you know? So that's so, so I haven't quite figured out how that's all going to intertwine, but, but he's amazing. You went ahead and learned about healing right? Through various modes, right? And one of them, right. you were you were learning about healing just over the internet on YouTube or whatever it was. And then you, you kind of took what you had learned and went out to do some, some healing from there. Can you tell us about kind of the story where it didn't go the way you had hoped, but then you turned around and kept pursuing it. And then there was, you saw some healing. Amen. I'm going to interject one quick story before that. So, cause you actually know her, she's one of the daycare teachers. So I just finished watching that YouTube video and it just looked like so easy <laughs> and I'm there and she's like, I have to go because my shoulder's not working oh. and it's hurting me. And so I was like, well, I just learned how to do this thing. You know? So we just, I, I said, you know, in Jesus name be healed. And then I'm like, try to move your shoulder. And I think that's one thing that some people don't do. They don't actually think it's really going to help. So then why would you even try? you know, but after we prayed, I said, try to move your shoulder. And she went from not being able to move her arm up at all to like, it went up a little bit. And I was like, Oh, let's pray again. Because I've heard somebody say prayer is like a hammer, like the hammer is going to break the rock, but sometimes you need a few whacks Mm. at it. And so we prayed again and it could go up more. We prayed a third time and then it was totally gone. By two days later, I said, how's your arm doing? And she's like, Oh, I forgot all about that. (laughs) So she forgot all about it, but that totally ignited my faith. And so I got so on fire for healing or praying for people. And so I was working overnight in in St. Paul at that transplant company and went to get some gas at a, 
at a local gas station there and I saw somebody in a wheelchair and I'm like, can I pray with you? And he totally blew me off. He's like, no, 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 no. And I will be honest. It kind of stopped yes. for a second. Like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm. Did he tell you a reason why? No. Okay. He just said, nope, nope, I'm good. Yep. He just said, okay, no, fair. it's fine. I got my gas and, and respected him. And then literally not even a week later, I think even five days later on a weekend in Shockley, Minnesota at another gas station. And I see this lady in a wheelchair and I said, can I pray with you quick? And she's like, sure. And so we prayed a real simple, quick prayer. And I said, Hey, can you try to get up? And she could stand <laughs> and she lived like two blocks down at an assisted living. And so I knew she lived over there. So a week later, I brought her some cookies and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, rang the doorbell. And she she was just flabbergasted. She's like, I don't know why I stood that day when you told me to stand, mm-hmm. you know, so God is good. So I don't know. I don't know what happens in the spiritual world. If that guy saying no to me somehow deposited something for that future healing. I, re- I have mm-hmm. no idea. I have no idea. With the woman who could stand after you prayed with her, was there an opportunity for you to tell her about, well, I know why you could stand or did that not really feel like it was an opportunity? Well, I just told him that I believe in Jesus and how much it changed my Mm. life and my marriage. And we had a lot more chance to talk when I went to her apartment then. Okay. So we talked and we were able to pray there, but yeah, you're, you're right. I'm I'm so passionate about healing and my husband's so passionate about evangelism mm. that like when we're together, it's like this dynamic <laughs> duo. And so I don't know, I'm kind of more like, let's see the miracle before I tell him about Jesus, you know, see the miracle and then tell him the kingdom. Mm, yeah. But yeah. And that's really fun. I wish I was as good at you, Jess, at, at evangelizing. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so generous of you. I do not deserve that at all. <laughs> I love that you were able to follow up with her though. I don't think that's uh, that's something that we're often able to do, especially with a stranger from a gas station. But the fact that you got where she lived and you were able to show up with cookies and have like a, a real conversation. Yeah. That's beautiful. God mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. And I, it didn't seem weird at all. I think, I mean, she remembered who I was and she had told me where she lived. Yeah. And, and she's older, retired. So maybe she wanted to entertain but we were able to pray with her kids that day, uh, talking about her. She was anxious about a lot of stuff happening mm. with her adult children. So it was, I love that happens all the time. Those, those prayers are really easy. And so what I tell parents like that is, are you willing to give your child to God? And they usually will say yes. And then we just make the act of them actually placing that child in God's hands and just being like, okay. God's will be done. Sometimes the situation gets worse before it gets better, but we know that he's working on it. That's such good advice, Anna. And along the lines of praying for your children and giving your child to God, we know that you have a big story about placing your son in God's hands. You mentioned three years ago, you um, you actually lost your son. Can you share more about how God has used that situation and some of the lessons learned along the way? Okay, so I live a life of no fear, no worry. Because you guys know my life motto is Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but bring all your petitions to God with Thanksgiving. He'll give you peace. And so um, I was in medical school in St. Vincent and my sister was there and she had just had dinner with a family that um, had lost her son to suicide. And I said to her, I said, you know, I have to be ready for that if I preach no fear and no worry. I have to be ready for a loss of a child. And that was 
six days before it wow. happened. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? And the day, I mean, all these things leading up, God is so Ugh. good. So that's like him, like mentally preparing me for it. And then I, two days before it happens, I put her on the plane. And I remember at the airport, when I stepped up onto a curb, something hit me in my head and said, um, or a thought came to me and said, okay, you've learned about no worry. You've learned about no fear. You've learned about not to worry about money or, you know, him taking mm-hmm. moving mountains of money, all that kind of stuff, mountains, you know, financial mountains. Now you're going to learn something new. Mm. That's what God told me. Now you're going to learn something new. And then I was reading Exodus and here I am in medical school. So you don't have time to read the Bible, mm-hmm. right? But I did. And I remember the Holy mm. Spirit one time telling me, you should read the Bible like you're reading your medical textbooks, huh. like really get into it. Yeah. And so I was writing and it's the only time I've ever written every day, but it was in that time. And that morning that, that my son drowned before he drowned, I wrote in my journal, just like Moses' mother put him into the river. Mm. I give Isaac to you because I was trying, I thought all the kids were going to come down with me to the Caribbean and at least my little one, he was almost three and I can have a nanny help me down there. And my husband was like, no, 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 no. And the last time he said no was a few days before that. And I kind of cried. And then I was like, okay, I'm releasing him to you, God. So literally in this journal, I say, I release him to you. So somebody, a negative person might say, oh, you you might have caused this to happen to your son. No, no, no. no I did no. not cause this to happen right. to my son. It, but it was God preparing me. Yeah. I'm, I have the journal in my car right now where it mm. says, just like Moses was placed in the water and he did not die. Wow. You know, and my son died of drowning, you know, so it's like it was so. Yeah. It was so impactful later on when I read that. Mm. So I go back to um, I'm sitting in in my last class of second semester of medical school and my husband calls me and he says that Isaac drowned and, and I walked outside and I thought I was far enough away. And I was just saying like, you know, I decree life and not death. And, you know, and I was praying like that and I thought I was far enough away, but no, the school still heard me and people a year later will tell me what an impact they had. Mm. Like when I see them at Bible study later, like we remember when that happened to you. And that I was able even to like stand up because my body wanted to go into shock and like just it was the worst fatigue you've ever felt like all your blood leaving you. I don't. And I was able to stand up and still keep like moving forward uh, towards the airport. And so I have amazing sister-in-laws and my husband had ran a quick errand and he tried to wake Isaac up, but he didn't want to wake up. And so he was in the house sleeping with all of his brothers and the back door by the pool my husband remembered was locked, but he didn't remember that he had just sent me a picture. We had sent pictures to Mm. each other. And so he didn't remember that he had left it open. So he came back a few minutes later and actually found him in the pool. And, and so that's a whole other miracle because I could have this husband, you know, that, that is in huge depression and guilt and like never come out of that. Like I could have lost my husband, you know, at that same time like that. And he did it. He, he gave it to God and, um, and he just, I, I think what Ray says is, um, God, like God knows God can see the future mm. and God knows and mm. whatever God decided that day, God knows. And he totally trusts that. And there's been a few things since that, that I know a hundred percent that he really means it when he says that. Yeah. And, and he just totally trusts God. So if you totally trust God, then he just, it wasn't, Oh, what I did, what I did, what I did, mm. because we always have like, a security guard. We always have a pool guy really early in the morning. Like there's always people around. So it was just really weird that that happened to me the few minutes that there was no one around. And, yeah. 
so then, and, and, and my grief groups, God has taught me a lot of stuff. And one of the things was actually in first Corinthians 13, it says right now you see in part and know in part, but then you'll understand like when you go to heaven. So that's one thing I'll touch base on that because we, I just said, we don't understand why that could torment your mind. Yeah. Why, 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 why? And anything in relationships and in anything in your life, you could, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why? But if you, if you know that, oh, God promised me, I don't know why. Mm. He said, I'm only going to see in part yeah. like, oh, I'm going to let that go then because he already said, you're not going to understand. So if God is saying you're not going to understand and you totally trust him with everything, <sighs> then you're fine. Right. Like, I don't know. It, it gives no place for that. Why, why, why? Mm. So that happened and um, we got there and I have amazing sister-in-laws who are so full of faith. And so we actually didn't do the normal Honduran, they were in Honduras, uh, funeral, which is like, as soon as somebody dies within 24 hours, they're in the ground and everybody comes and they all eat the soup and it's like, they all look at the body and there, they didn't do that. The people that usually come and put the curtains on and put the coffin and do all that, Mm. they sent them away. And Mm. we had this big like tent service all night long and just prayed for resurrection. And people say outside of where he was lying, like they could just feel like Mm. waves of power coming out of that (sighs) room and we're in there praying for him. So I really thought he was going to stand up. I really, I really, really, really thought that Mm. he was going to stand up. So when they later on, when it was too late and it was like the body was totally started to decompose and it was a day and a half later after he had taken his last breath and they, this coffin showed up. I was like shocked because I was like, oh, I thought he was going to stand up, you know. Yeah. But we put him in the ground. And at the when we put him in the ground, my brother-in-law, who's got an amazing speech talent, he was like, does anyone want to say any words of comfort to Ray's family? And no one really said anything. And I was like, oh, can we talk? Mm. And so Ray and I shared our faith and how God saved our marriage and saved us and saved my husband from drinking and all this stuff and saved me from, you know, tormenting my mind. And 11 people gave their lives to God at the burial service. Yeah. And some my in-laws were like, these are people we've been talking to for years. So that was really powerful. And so after we put them in the ground and like the reality hits and I we go tuck everyone in and my mom had visited for because of this. So I put her in bed and, and went to where Ray and I was just in our bedroom. And that is when like this huge wave, like you have no, well, you might not have any idea, but wave of just sadness just hit Mm. my stomach. And it was like, this is horrible, you know? And I remember because we work for God, right? So I looked up to heaven and I was like, wait a minute. And I think this was even from, like I told you guys the week before saying, even if this happens, I'm still going to be serving God, Mm. you know? So so when it hit me, I just looked up to heaven and I said, hey, if you want me to continue on this earth, you have to take this. I am not living with this. And I said it like that, I, maybe even kind mm. of a yell, like, I'm not, I'm not living with this. Right. And my husband rebuked, like, if there's any kind of grieving spirits that would try to attach to us. And then I fell straight asleep and I didn't need any kind of sleep aid to fall straight asleep. Mm. And so I fell straight asleep and I woke up with zero pain. Wow. And I was like, I was actually kind of mad at the devil for a second. I was like, wait a minute, you have all these moms in fear all this time Mm, because of this. And like, I don't even have any pain. And, and I remember walking down the stairs and I did ask God why, and something came through my head and I totally understood why. And then it landed in my heart. And then I can't quite tell you why. And I have a video actually of me explaining this to my mom. It was, it was like, if I live to be 82 or if I live to be 45, 
no one's even in like hundreds of years from now, no one's even going to know that Mm. no one's even going to know if Isaac lived to be 80 or three. Like there's so many other more important things. And when you leave this earth, you're just moving to a different world. You know, it's not even, I know December 29th of that year, just a few months later, we went to minister to church and I got up and said something so amazing. So I know it was from God and not from me. But I said, (laughs) it would be so sad if my son died, but he didn't, he just moved to heaven and I'm going to be with him forever later. And it's just see you later. And if you really grasp those concepts, oh my gosh, God is so amazing. Yeah. So that happened to where I didn't have any pain. And then we asked God, um, whenever we see pictures, I want to feel joy. I don't want to feel sadness. Yeah. So I have my screenshots, you know, my screensaver and it's, it's really fun. And, um, I even remember one time too, on his birthday though, I started crying and I was like, wait a minute, God, why am I crying? Mm. And what lie am I believing? Yeah. And the lie was it's unnatural for a child to go first. Yeah. And God said to me, who said that? Mm, wow. You know, I, Abraham almost gave up Isaac. That was first, you know, Jesus died before Mary, you know, yeah. and came back to life. But it's just like, who who says that mm. children don't go first, you mm. know? And so he's been giving me really great truths like that. Another mm. one was a few years after it happened. It was three years ago now, but two years after it happened, we were watching a soccer game and there was little kids his age uh, playing soccer next to the field. And that's when the huge wave of like, if he was here mm-hmm. still, he would be here. Oh, and God is so amazing. God told me he was never destined to be here mm. at this time. You weren't going to be a seven-person family at this time. You were always written in the books to be a six-person family at this time. Wow. He was never planned to be here at this time. And that was so freeing. Gosh. Like, yeah. you know, because he would be like in kindergarten this year. He would be. No, he wouldn't. He was never destined to be at mm. this time, you know, so... Mm. So with all these different revelations God's been giving me, I feel like I just want to share them with other people mm. because I know people, even family members, uh, cousins that I have that don't know God, that after their son died in a car accident, they're worse today than the day it happened. Yeah. So wow. I feel like if you know Jesus, you should be getting better every day, yeah. you know, not should be, you could be. So I, we started doing these grief classes and one that we did in Honduras, I couldn't believe it, but somebody came where their son had just died just a few days prior and he had died of drowning. And there's something to like having a similar experience, you know, Mm -hmm. and even though when I go to these certain grief groups, if, if somebody else has a child that died of drowning, you just like connect just instantly. And so I was able to pray with her. She was just not doing well. Mm. She hadn't slept and she was not doing well. And we were able to pray. And then I even prayed that maybe God would give her any insight as to where he was at and he, and this isn't for everybody, but in this situation, God allowed where, where she saw him in a dream mm. and she saw that he was fine and he was in heaven yeah. and he was running around. Yeah. And that brought her so much peace. When she called to tell me that story, she mm. was so full of joy and so happy. Wow. So yeah, God is good. God is good. I love the question you asked God, what lie am I believing? And I think that is so applicable to anybody struggling even with anxiety and back to mental health, but then of course, grief. What lie am I believing? And God will highlight that for you and then replace it with his truth. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. When we were chatting beforehand, you said you woke up the next day with no pain, but you realized you didn't have any hope either. Yes. Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah. So after woke up with no pain, but then there was like no feeling. Mm, It was interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, 
And I think that's what would be called no hope. There was, it wasn't like, oh, I'm looking forward to this, you know, pumpkin spice latte in the fall of Minnesota, you know, like looking forward to something, you know, looking forward to, you know, seeing a friend. There was none of that. And I think that's what you would call hopeless. It was just very like no feeling. And so I did ask God, I was like, okay, I'm really grateful that I don't have any pain, but I want hope. And one of my sons had the same feeling too. So we both prayed together and within 24 hours, that joy, that hope started coming back. So that was amazing. I appreciate too that, you know, you said it started coming back. For some people, I'm sure they're zero to a hundred. God is incredible and can do that. Some people experience it just a little differently, that it takes some time, that there's a process of of restoration. And so wherever people are finding themselves at, if they have experienced loss or going through grief, if they are waiting for that hope to return, that it's okay if if it's little by little and, you know, keep leaning into it. Amen. Well, thanks for sharing that story, Anna. Um, We, of course, want to be sure that we have you share kind of some encouragement and advice. There's been so many things that have been so encouraging in our conversation today. But um, if you were to summarize just one or two quick things, advice and encouragement for our listeners to go and share their faith, what would that be? I would say just a lifestyle of evangelism, which might be a big fancy word for just living it out, Mm. right? So, I mean, if you're, if you're a believer that is going through trials and tribulations, just sharing that with people, like, because sometimes people might just see you, oh, she's a believer. Look at how blessed she is. She's so blessed. She never, you know, she's so privileged. She never has anything go wrong in her life, you know? So I like to like let people in like, hey, I just went through this, but this really helped me, you know, and people that you see every day, you know, that you're working with and, or that you're talking to Mm. and, um, so then they can see too how you handle things, you know, with the heavens point of view. We've had a lot of like mountains, we would call them, like a finance come up in front of us. And just to say, okay, you know, in the Bible, it says we can tell this mountain to move and it will. So sharing with people that are supposed to be like, okay, th- this is what I'm dealing with right now, but but I'm going to tell this mountain to move. And the reason I'm telling you is so then when the testimony happens, you'll be able to rejoice with me. You know, Uh instead of because, of course, there's fun testimonies to tell when it's all over, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of fun to let them walk through that with you, too. And I know sometimes when I'm opening up to I'll say, like, well, do you believe in the spiritual world? They'll be like, oh, what does that mean? And I'll be like, well, maybe, you know, like after you die, do you just not exist anymore or is there something? And I will Mm. guarantee you nine out of ten, they'll say, I believe in something. I've only had maybe two in the last five years that would say. I'm pretty analytical and you're like, okay, no big deal. And I'll still tell them, you know, maybe what I've experienced, you know, because Mm -hmm. just to share with them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, actually I remember one, one girl right now that, that I was doing a rotation with in Chicago. She's like, I'm I'm pretty analytical, but I'm like, okay. And then whenever she would text me about her future residency, I'm like, I just decreed to care God's will be done. And so she texted me back when she got that residency and she was so excited to tell me, you know, so don't, don't be afraid to, you know, to not talk about it if they say they're more analytical and more into information, because that's great. God loves numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the decree and declare God's will be done. I feel like that's just the no fail prayer, you know, because <laughs> sometimes people have this preconceived idea like, okay, I'm having this. I need a money for this. I, I had one time this lady was trying to get money out of a franchise. And I said, well, why do you need to get that money? Why is that so important? Because like, well, I had to pay rent right now. And I was like, well, I can pay that for you. And I gave her a check for rent. And like, it's just, or some people, you know, we need to get the social Hmm. security benefit this exact way. And it's like, 
guess what? If that doesn't happen, God's still going to provide for you. Mm. You know, I don't know how, but he can open up a different way. So trying to get, um, you know, not just, this is the only way it's going to happen. Don't put God in a box. He can do whatever he wants, you know, and that's really good for like, you know, forgiveness. I know I had a friend just go through a divorce and she needed this certain amount of money for medical bills that he was supposed to pay her. Mm. If he didn't pay her, she was going to get so mad. She was like setting herself up for being mad already, mm. you know, and it was like, no, no, no. God can pay those. He can send you money elsewhere. Sure. So, That's really great. I hope what I've shared today has helped somebody. <laughs> oh, no Absolutely. doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. We really appreciate your time and just getting to see a glimpse into your life. It's honestly so inspiring. Anytime, anytime. I could talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, Anna, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Anna. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that more people can hear inspirational stories like this. Let's decree and declare God's will be done. God bless you this week.